1: Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Chef Hikin and we are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. This time, we have Matthew Holman, the head of growth at QPilot. And QPilot is a subscription service. And what that means is you won't subscribe to their service. They are the background, the backbone, uh, the company that supports the companies that have a subscription model. They provide that service. We're going to be talking about subscription models today and why every company I don't care if you're B2B, B2C, even the government should consider the subscription model. Now, before we dive into the interview, a couple of quick announcements. If you've got an amazing story that you want to share or a question that you'd like me to answer, just go to any of the social media channels. Make sure you use the hashtag Ask AskShep if it's a question. I'll either answer the question right there in the social channel, in my newsletter, which is the Shepherd Letter, uh, on in an article, or perhaps on this show, maybe even... My TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. And you can catch episodes by just going to, uh, you can get them on Amazon Prime, Roku, but you can go to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. All right, let's jump into it. Matthew Holman, as I mentioned, head of growth at Cube Pilot. How are you, Matthew? I'm doing great, Chef. Great well, to is, be here. It is great to see you. And uh, for those that don't know, because you're probably listening to the show, we don't really do video, Matt has a haircut just like mine. We also found out we're members of the same exclusive club, the Dollar Shave Club, where we not only shave our faces, but our heads as
0: well. Right, right. Well, it's easy easy to talk subscriptions with somebody who has a Dollar Shave Club subscription because they know exactly what I'm talking about.
1: Right, and if you've got a Dollar Shave Club subscription or a Chewy.com subscription, or you subscribe to a software program, uh, there's a pretty good chance that you might uh, understand exactly what we're talking about today. But I want to take it to the level of being able to convince those that aren't already there to become a subscription model. First though, Matthew or Matt, you like to be called Matt or Matthew? Uh,
0: I'm happy with either one. Okay, honestly. great.
1: The bio says Matthew, but your yeah. your Zoom profile says Matt. So no, that,
0: That's the name that my mom gave me. So I like being called that. But at the same time, Matt is just a it's a lot easier.
1: All right, Matt. It is so, Matt. A little bit about QPilot. You are did I did I describe it well? You're the backbone
0: you of of the companies that have a subscription model. You did. We focus specifically on uh, physical goods companies. So people that are selling online that are trying to ship a product on a repeat basis, pet food, CBD oil, um, all, all types of those types of things. So physical goods specifically. Although being in the subscription space means I'm running into all types of different models as well as digital.
1: So you're not involved with the software type um, models?
0: No, not specifically, um, not for our platform itself, but Mm -hmm. it's a component that we play well with. So it's one that we're pretty familiar with.
1: So what's interesting, and we were talking about this before we started our interview, is that um, what you have created is a really complicated product, which it's very expensive to do on your own, which is why companies uh, who have physical products in a subscription-based model that send them once a month, once a quarter, whatever, they like what you do because they just subscribe to your platform and save all kinds of development costs.
0: Yeah, it's true. I mean, I think when you're talking about subscriptions, I mean, there's oftentimes when we're building companies, we're building businesses. I mean, as entrepreneurs, we're thinking about the type of customer experience we want to deliver and then the type of technology that's available. And if you have unlimited resources, you could build exactly what you want. Uh, But in reality, there are limitations based on different prices and needs. So it is nice to have a solution that's pretty flexible and complex Um, that we're able to offer because we're offering a subscription, people can subscribe to us as well. So it makes it a little more economical for everybody to use.
1: Yeah, I get it. So one of the things that makes it complicated is let's say I decide I want dog food delivered to my doorstep every single month. And then one day I decide, you know what, I'm for whatever reason, my dog's not eating as much. And now I have two extra bags of dog food that (laughs) it's like almost looking like a lifetime supply. Where it gets complicated is when I can the next time I get noticed that my, my shipment is going to go out uh, and come to me as part of the, that subscription model, I get it once a month. I can temporarily hold it. I can set it to renew at a different date. Hey, push it off two weeks. I can add products, take out products. And that's what makes this a little bit more complicated than a simple, hey, just we're going to collect money from you every month and send you whatever it is that you ordered.
0: Yeah, I think it would be great if we were living in a world where everybody needed the same thing on the same schedule every time it would make fulfillment and selling these types of services and products really easy. But I mean, the, the, the fact of the matter is people consume differently, different people watch. We talked about Netflix. You might watch Netflix 30 minutes a day. I might watch it an hour. It's, we're consuming differently. And so like with that example, I think a great one is not just pausing it, but say, You want to try out a different flavor, a different uh, type of dog food because your dog isn't responding as well as he used to. So in the typical subscription experience, most brands, you have to go cancel that subscription and then go start a new one. And that is a huge point of friction for a brand who's trying to keep that customer and keep them ordering to boost how much profit they're getting from them over time. But isn't that part of why you do
1: a subscription? Is because of the convenience. Why would any subscription model
0: that a company has make it inconvenient? It's honestly, it does come down to technology. So, thinking about the advent of like e commerce and how a lot of these things have been developed, you know, something like Shopify, which has been growing massively the last five years, is and and Shopify (laughs) is
1: an online uh, payment platform that allows you to sign up as a subscription as well.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it's like you want to launch your, your website or your your business. Shopify is a great option for that. A lot of them, software programs are developing certain core features that work really, really well. And for, for something like Shopify, it's about they're trying to get your credit card and, and get the product visible on a page. That's what they do really, really well in, in a simplistic way. But uh, so the subscription, the repeat ordering piece is almost like an afterthought. And so other app developers and other people come in and try to build that out for you. So I think the, the technology limitations are, are have been lacking in the subscription space for a while. And so Dollar Shave Club is a great example. As they've grown, they've invested very, very heavily in their technology and they're, based on the data they have on what their customers want. So, um, you know, as a quick kind of aside, I was like mentioning to people, depending on where you are in your journey of development, you should be thinking about what uh, an MVP is right. That minimal viable product that you want to be offering for a subscription business, because we often get caught up in the clouds of how complicated or amazing we could make something, but we don't actually have enough data to validate that. So, uh, from a metaphor standpoint, Netflix has been rebuilt like 20 times from as a technology platform, they started out shipping physical DVDs and now they're a streaming service and there's a huge gap between where they start and where they are today. So we always want to think about what is available. What can I do now to prove that my business model is working and then try to find ways to scale from there.
1: All right. So I'm going to ask um, a question. I think I know the answer to, but I want your opinion. Sure. Uh, What companies are best suited for subscription models?
0: You know, I I break them down into two different categories. So there's, um, and, and I think the best actually can straddle both, but if it really comes down to something that's going to be consumed, whether that's physically or digitally more than once. And so if we're talking about pet food, that's obvious, that's a consumable that's being used regularly, CBD supplements, uh, digital services as well, whether you're subscribing to like software or a learning course um, there's, and there's a lot of fun gifts and things like that, but the best ones are ones that can straddle both where you know, I might be shipping you a physical good every month, but you're also accessing content that I have related to that good. Right. So like I might have an outdoor subscription box, but you're also accessing content where I show you how to use all the uh, things inside that box.
1: Hmm. And I would think that, that we would want to get that anyway. The this, the latter. We would get that at no charge, which would entice us to want to buy and become a subscriber.
0: Sure. But if you're, if you're able to add an extra layer of value on top of that, where say there was exclusive access to creators or other outdoor influencers, Mm -hmm. right. Then you can create a a layer of like exclusivity with your platform for like premium members, not just a regular subscription. So there's, there's always ways to layer things in there. I know that businesses are always, you're, you're worrying about how to make revenue. Um, I think that if you look at it from the other way is how can I create additional engagement? How can I increase this relationship? Can I take a uh, hundred of my best customers and invite them to a retreat? Can I invite them to a one-on-one session with, again, a, a creator or an influencer or someone in the space that they really look up to? Um, those are ways you can add additional value and engagement. And if you're good at it, you can charge for it as well.
1: Sure. And my, uh, boy, I love that. And really what it sounds like is you're creating a community, not just Right. A group of subscribers. Right. Exactly. I love that. So by the way, my answer to the question that you just answered was, I think almost every company could be a subscription model. I Um,
0: mean, you think about Apple, Apple's trying to roll that out for phones right now. So, I mean, even the biggest company in the world is trying to figure that out.
1: Right. Because they'd love for me to come in every... Uh, two years or three years, I pay monthly and just swap out the phone. No questions asked. You're on a monthly subscription. You have the right to do that. And unless you don't want to, I guess, but why wouldn't you? Because it's part of your subscription. And how about automobiles? Have you heard about auto manufacturers uh, creating a subscription for their cars?
0: Not directly. There's secondary services that do that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I know one of the ways they're I mean, they're doing it, that's another tangent with insurance, but um, no, have you, have you heard of like the actual manufacturers? Yeah, getting-
1: yeah, Porsche, Audi, uh, Cadillac. They actually created a subscription model and I'll use the Porsche example because they said, hey, look at this lot of all these Porsches. You could subscribe and that allows you to drive any car on our lot for a month at a time and swap out any time in the middle if you wanna switch cars. However, there's different levels. Lower level means you're going to get these cars, but if you want the one that's, you know, $250,000, you're gonna have to pay a little bit more for that subscription model. But the idea is if you sign up to subscribe to a car, uh, you get to go into your Porsche dealer and swap out as, as you want. Um, it was pretty interesting. I don't know how well it's working, but that was like just before the pandemic that was being rolled out with a different number of different manufacturers.
0: Well, so that's really fascinating to me. So like talking further along, this idea is You know, again, just the idea that everybody wants subscription because it's predictable revenue, that's great. But I think thinking about it from the perspective of like why Porsche is probably seeing an opportunity for that is, you know, maybe they're getting complaints from people about how annoying or timely or cost, how much time or money people are paying trading in their car. And so instead of just, oh, every two or like leases, try to come at that problem, right? So I don't want to have to buy or sell. I'm going to lease for two or three years. And then I'm just going to trade in and go on to the next one because I want to drive a new car more regularly. So if you can come at that problem of That pain and then also the benefit of, oh, wow, I get to drive something a little bit different every other month if I want to. Right. I think Um, that's
1: the difference between the lease and the subscription model. Right. Because obviously I can lease a car, pay a monthly fee. It's the same as a finance fee in a sense that's almost a subscription Hey, let's take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about uh, the idea of flexible subscriptions, which is a little bit what we're talking about, being able to switch from car to car. We've talked a little bit about it related to, I want to cancel, not cancel, postpone my delivery for a couple of weeks or next month. I want to change a product. That flexibility is really important in actually helping hoping to own the customer's uh, loyalty, And uh, that comes as a result of being easy to do business with. Matt, we're going to be right back. Everybody listening, don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. Hi, Shep Hyken, your customer service and experience expert. And I'm excited to tell you about my new book, I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. Now, this book is packed with idea after idea on how to, just as the title implies, get your customers to come back. In the book, you'll learn that repeat customers aren't always loyal customers. Now, both are great, but there's a big difference. You'll also learn about 10 reasons a customer may stop doing business with you and three reasons you would stop doing business with them. And one of my favorite lessons is a six-step process for creating an I'll Be Back strategy. Of course, there's much, much more. You'll start getting more of your customers to say, I'll be back almost immediately. Just go to www.IllBeBackBook.com. Dot com. Again, that's www.IllBeBackBook.com.
0: You're listening to
1: Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking to Matt Holman, who's head of growth at QPilot, all about the subscription model and I love this. I mean, we could subscribe to cars if we wanted to, (laughs) we can, you know, and Amazon's figured it out. And, you know, the prime membership was simply a membership that originally was able to get you free shipping. And now more and more you start to see different products or prime products versus even the exact same product sold by somebody else through the Amazon marketplace is not, but regardless, if it's something that you're using again and again, Amazon is allowing you to save even more by subscribing. And uh, I mentioned as we were going to the break, flexibility becomes really important because what you don't want to end up as I came close to ending up with a lifetime supply of razor blades (laughs) with the dollar shave club. Uh, Maybe I don't shave every day, so I don't need to swap my blade out once a week. And next thing you know, why do I have three months worth of blades and I'm getting another one? And I just love the idea that, hey, you can postpone. By the way, when you do that, it's not like you've ended your subscription. They still stay in touch with you. They are in contact and they're working now to make it easy for you to get back on the train and and continue your subscription. So any thoughts or insights you can give us about that
0: flexibility model? Yeah, I think, I mean, really... I think for me, the best way to kind of understand that concept is thinking about the idea of how of keeping people from shopping around. So a subscription is yes, it's a great way to replenish and get something automatically. So you don't have to think about it, but realistically, it's the best start trying to create a level of engagement so that you don't go looking for that. So dollar shave club, I, if I run out of razors, you know, do I go looking for another razor or do I remember to go buy them from Dollar Shave Club again? If I'm thinking about Amazon, something I bought through Amazon, Amazon is actually innovating in the space so that like, if you buy coffee and they, they'll, they they'll give you a scale, I, I'm assuming you have to pay for it. It's not too expensive, but you put the bag of coffee on the scale and it weighs to see how much is left to see when you need to like reorder it again automatically. So they're thinking about replenishment so that They don't want you to think about where to go buy it when you run out. They want it to be there. They want there to be engagement. And by they, I do mean not just Amazon, but any good brand. If, regardless of what I'm using, if I'm taking this skin cream, you know, if I run out, where am I gonna go buy it from the same place again? A lot of people do, but there's a lot of people that think, oh, you know, my buddy's been mentioning this other product. I'm gonna go try that. Or I just walked by this store and they offer the skin cream. So you want to try to eliminate people from thinking about where they need to go next or to go, to go find it again. And those are the best types of subscriptions are, is, is, is is that relationship where you don't have to shop somewhere else. And in order to make that work, there has to be flexibility because everybody is different. Even if we're talking about something like, I mean, a, a really great example is, uh, you know, say you're selling a sleep aid and the capsules are 30, there's 30 in a bottle and you're supposed to take one a night. What happens if you skip? What happens if you had a really rough day and you decide to take two? Like the idea is you're no matter what happens, life gets in the way and people aren't going to take a pill every single day. They're going to run out sooner than expected or they're going to have more than they expected. And if you don't have a way to engage with the customer to make sure that they know that they can pause or that they can you know schedule it out in the future, they're going to cancel. They're going to be either. Even if they they like you, they still might just cancel because they're like, well, I don't need to get another bottle for another two months, so I'm just going to cancel. What happens when those two months go by and they don't remember where they bought it from or they're looking through their spam folder to find your emails, that type of thing? You want to really try to avoid that from happening if you're doing a subscription.
1: You mentioned something a moment ago. I want to get to this because I think it ties into the Internet of Things uh, that Amazon is giving you the scale that you can weigh and see how much coffee you have, which actually the scale is probably connected to your Wi-Fi. The Wi-Fi right. is going to alert Amazon that, hey, you only have this much coffee. They'll probably send you a notice. I'm guessing this is how it works because I'm not familiar with this, but they'll send you a notice. Hey, you weighed your coffee today. You need more coffee. Click one for yes, two for no we'll automatically send you the coffee right. or we won't. You know, It's something almost that simple. Uh, my copy machine has a sensor that when we get down to a certain level of toner, it automatically shows up. Notice I didn't say automatically. (laughs) I said it automatically shows up Uh, in a sense, while that's not a subscription model, that's on a specific cadence. It's based on my need and I just pay and keep paying as long as I keep needing it until I say, I don't want it anymore. Don't need it anymore. Um, I love that idea. And and smart refrigerators. You know. Exactly. Yeah.
0: that That's a really good one. I think another use case that we're seeing at, at scale is related to that same thing, replenishment, what you're going to need, when you're going to need it. And, you know, it's nice to think living in a world where we're going to rely on machine automation for everything. And some people are comfortable with that. Some people aren't. So you need to also still be able to have a way for people to go in and manage it. If I don't want my air filter my air conditioner ordering air filters automatically because of the area I live in and it's not it's you know they need to be blown out and they're fine. I don't want to get a new one every 3 months. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to I'm going to control that at 6 months not 3. Um, you know it's it's really just comes down to personal preference. I think that with subscriptions there's often 60 70 maybe even 80% of your customer base are going to be fairly standard and how they're handling things. But the difference between profit and a business staying alive is that extra 20% of people that are on the margins. And if you can keep them staying around, that's the difference between a subscription program being profitable and losing business. And, and those are the people that need flexibility that are going to be just a little bit different than the standard deviation.
1: Yeah. Wow. I want to go back and look in the past to set up the question about the future. Okay. I remember probably 30 plus years ago. I walked into my ACE hardware store and, um, I had just moved into a home and I was buying air conditioning filters. You mentioned air conditioning filters, which is why I thought about this. And I remember them saying, Mr. Hyken, if you'd like, give us your credit card and your address. And every six months, as the season changes, we'll get, we'll swap out your filters for you. We'll just send you new ones. They won't actually come over and do it. And I'm thinking, well, this is brilliant. This is great. I mean, gonna, they're going to, they're going to, they have me as a customer for life. Okay. Right. I had no idea that I was an early adopter of a subscription okay. model of product, something that was beyond my newspaper, my magazine, because 30 some odd years ago, I mean, I remember when Microsoft made the transition from selling you a box with CDs in it, you know, uh, discs, to saying you don't need that anymore just subscribe a monthly fee. You get all the updates. It's automatic.
0: You never so have to much buy, it
1: buy it again. Yep. But, but I remember that, that, uh, air air conditioning filter or furnace filter. So let's segue. Cause I only have a few minutes left to the future of this model. What do you see happening a year from now, five years from now, is it going to be any different? Is it going to be even easier, even better?
0: Yeah. I think it's going to be a couple things. Um, I think it's going to be easier in the sense of businesses are going to continue to innovate in a way that keeps people from shopping. So whether you call it a subscription okay. or- now That's getting- an interesting
1: concept. Yeah. They're going to innovate to prevent people from shopping. And I think if we were to be more specific, keep shopping the competition.
0: Yes, yes. absolutely. Yeah. So, so again, thinking about skincare routines or Dollar Shave Club, or even your air filters, um, if that business knows that you move and you have a new air air filtration system, or you're wanting to update or upgrade, or something's happening in your region, like they're going to have, there's more data available than ever before on consumer needs and behaviors. So they're going to be able to reach out to you through text, through email, even through an ad platform to say like, Hey, it's time to change your filter. It's time to update this. Right. So. I think um, it's more about being able to uh, use you know from your phone, from a text message. you can update, upgrade, uh, switch something out so that you don't need to load your credit card information every time. You don't need to go looking for something. So there's a lot of people are resistant to the idea of companies having their data, and so that will limit some of that. but the goal of any good brand is to create some trust and allow for that engagement. So depending on what you're selling, if your consumers want it from you, they're going to want communication. So thinking about how you build a customer experience so that you can communicate with them. So I talked to businesses like, you know, a friend of mine, she runs a consulting business for women who will only respond to text messages. They don't check their email. So she has to have a text platform that allows her to communicate with her clients, right? Other businesses, it's different. It's email, it's other platforms. So thinking about how you're going to engage with your customers is really, really going to be important. And so for subscriptions, there's going to be a blend. I think we've often thought about this future where all our devices know everything we need better than we do. I think there's an element of that, but it's not going to be this. It's not going to be like taking humans out of the equation. It's going to be arming humans with more information mm. and allowing them to choose whether they want it to be automated or not. Like your lawn is a great example. Do you want a machine deciding what lawn care products should be going on your lawn every summer? You should be looking at your lawn <laughs> or even if you have sensors in your lawn telling you what's going on, there's still error. There's still uh, some kind of like, you know you want things to be specific to you. Again, some people are cool with it, I'm happy with, you know, the biggest lawn care brand in the world knows everything about lawns. They're just going to tell me what to use. I'm going to use it. But there's going to be other people say, no, I know my lawn best. I want to control this relationship. So I want that text notification letting me know when it's time to renew or not. So I think that's going to be the future is becoming more and more people choosing how they want to engage with brands and brands need to figure out any kind of whatever you're selling, how to engage with customers where they are.
1: Yeah. I love that. And I think uh, there's an underlying uh, word that I'm going to use to describe what you just said, and that is convenience. We're creating an extreme convenience with flexibility, which adds to it. By the way, when it comes time to become flexible, when somebody wants to make a change, you're saying it's going to be easier than ever. You're going to be able to do it with a simple little tap or two on your mobile device. It's not going to be difficult. It's going to be literally painless, flexible, easy, and convenient and friction free. All right. We're just about to the end of our time. And I always love to ask the one final question. Is there one last nugget of wisdom that you would like to share with us? People. Absolutely.
0: I think it comes down to developing programs, like talking about businesses launching subscription programs and other things. It's, I, I would say you need to actually find out what the customer really needs and wants. So instead of thinking what it'd be great to offer, your Porsche is a great example. I'm assuming Porsche being the amazing company that they are, they didn't just have this idea and cook it up. They actually talked to their end users, their customers to find out if they would like this or not. So I would say be testing that, be surveying your customers, try to understand what actual pain points are going on. And if you can develop something within your business model that can service that need, you'll be able to become more profitable and grow revenue.
1: Right, I love it. And by the way, I don't know if Porsche is still doing it or not. I just know that's what they were doing. And I was so intrigued by the idea of being able to drive the Cayenne one day and the Targa right. Carrera the next day. If that's what I wanted. Absolutely. But, um, hey, I get it. Thanks so much for being on the show. Lots of insights about the subscription model. Everybody out there listening, if you haven't thought about making your business some, at some level a subscription model, now is the time to be doing it. Matt Holman, Head of Growth at QPilot. Thanks for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Awesome. Thanks so much, Shep. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another great interview. We will see you back next week, and we'll have another exciting guest, a very informative guest. Thanks for listening, and until that time, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing.
0: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.